God bless you guys. God bless the world, buddy. Let's go racing. This is the Loud Pedal Podcast. A very diverse cast of automobile racing characters. With your host, NBC Sports television analyst and part-time midget racer, it's D. Welch, Mr. Dylan Welch. Yeah, you damn right I got that out there. Oh, that stupid-ass flagman. They got a dumb-ass flagman they can't see. And an expert in only one category, food. Now, look how big those things are. Little meat on the bone there. And cook perfect. Well, sometimes racing, but mostly food. When you're talking a, a meal, like before I'm about to die, I will ask for 15 to 20 chicken wings. It's heavy lunch, Tyler Burnett. It's episode 110 of the Loud Pedal Podcast on Flow Racing Heavy Lunch in Western Michigan. D. Welch in Queen City of Charlotte. Can, do you call that now? You're in Concord, I guess. Yeah, I'm in Concord. The Queen City. You know, Cincinnati's a Queen City, too. Yeah, I know. There's like three Queen Cities. A couple Queen Cities. Bang Queens all over the place. Yeah, paying quarter panels. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss Charlotte. We we have been having discussions the past couple of weeks, especially since High Limit Room uh, has been kicked off with with you and Brad um, and and Kyle Larson to potentially let's just move back. Let's just move the Burnett's back to Charlotte. We can we can get a little studio going. We can put both podcasts in there, right? I mean, it seems like we have a Flow Racing headquarters there. I mean, Chris McKee's there, Matthew Dillner, Rob Blount. I was, you yeah. are, I mean, it's, certainly make it easier if you were here. The whole NASCAR contingency, right? Yeah. You know, all these, Na- all these NASCAR people. I like it too much up here though. That's the thing. Uh, it was an extremely wild week of racing and it's, it's continuing right today on the show. Um, Blake Anderson and Richie Murray going to stop by to talk about all the racing that's happened with the USAC national sprint car series and the All-Star Circuit of Champions, the Tesla's All-Star Circuit of Champions, um, they both race all week long. And USAC has been racing. They raced at Belleville, D. Welch. What did you think of the return to Belleville? Uh, I thought the Silver Crown race was tremendous. One of the best races I've ever seen at that place. Um, the midget racing was just okay to me. I mean, I thought the two, the two races were good, okay. But I felt like Sweet Springs was better. I feel like you could just race those two races on Sweet Springs and be fine. Yeah, I, I think infield tracks are they're they're hit and miss i think just because sometimes of like the shape of them and the you know just you know they're they're kind of like i said hit or miss i think sometimes um the silver crown race yeah it was awesome um which i mean i think everybody kind of expected it to be if, if you've watched crown car races there in the past um they're usually pretty entertaining and um I, that, that one delivered i mean that was you know that looked more like a a midget race than anything else. I thought, you know, it's, it's, it was crazy to see, um, you know, see those big cars racing that hard, but, uh, just glad, you know, glad they were back. Glad that, you know, I think, um, you know, the folks at USAC understand the importance of that track and that facility and just what it means to, uh, to race fans. So, you know, I appreciate that they made an effort to go back at all, you know, and then that they had the midgets there and that, you know, even though they were on the small track, but uh, to still have something on the big track, you know, I think, I think is awesome. I wish, I wish they could do it and maybe they will, maybe, you know, maybe down the line, 
they can get back to racing uh, during the fair. You know, I don't, I guess it's the, I guess it's maybe just the County fair that they always have there. That was in correlation with the nationals. Um, always just added a kind of a, an element of, of fun and, and atmosphere to, uh, to Belleville week. So think if they could do that, they could, if they could, you know, run the crown cars on the, on the half mile and, and even still have the midgets on the quarter mile, but have it during fair week. I think that would be, I think that'd be about as good as you could hope for. Yep. I'd be okay with that. I would be okay, which would, uh, you know, using the quarter mile again, right? Like I feel yeah. like the two races, they get the track just a little bit better. Uh, that, that's the one thing about a brand new racetrack that you build with that dirt, right? It's so hard to get it to where you, to get it to what you want it to do, right? Like, it's so hard to get the dirt to do what you want it to do, right? You need it to be kind of heavy in the beginning of the night, build up a little bit of a cushion, right? Berm towards the top of the racetrack and then have it slick off all the way to that berm. That's, that's the way you have be- the best racing uh, all over the country right now. And what happened over there was it was just dirty all the way across and there was no cushion and there was just nothing to hold on to. Right. So at that point, you, the only grip you're going to find is on the bottom of the racetrack. And, yeah. and well, a lot and, yeah. of the guys moved to the bottom of the racetrack. Some of the guys were trying the top and more exciting, but um, it's just, you need it to build a little bit more of a curb at the top uh, with a little bit more moisture at the beginning of the night to get a little bit slicked off to the top, I think. Well, and that track, I mean, that quarter mile has been there for many years. I mean, they, they ran, Ford focus cars on it back in the day when the midgets were on the half mile. So it's been there for a while, but I think, I just think it's hard. Like I said, on those infield tracks, because it's like, they're not, it's just the shape of them. And, and the, you know, they're just, I think hard to kind of get right. Um, you know, prep wise and shape wise and everything else. I think, it, I think you're just, you know, they're just kind of a little limited. Now, the thing that I think is nice about the Belleville short track is that it doesn't use the big track, front stretch like a lot of quarter a lot of infield quarter mile tracks you know like off of four and into one because the straightaway is flat you know there's no there's no banking and there's no so there's nothing to that you know no ledge that can build up or anything like that which makes it harder so i think the i think the good thing about that is that that's not the case there um you know but you know to your point like yeah that's really the first that's the first time the midgets have raced on there so um you know if they do go back i'm sure it'll, it'll i'm sure it'll be better and um, I think, like I said, I think, it, I think it's just the fact that they're there, that they're at Belleville, I think is, is the bigger picture. Cause the midgets will probably never go back on the half mile. Frankly, I don't think they need to be on the half mile. Um, it'd be awesome, but I don't, I don't think they need to be. Um, so I think, you know, think if you're just, if you're there, I think that's the, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. We're obviously both, uh, really close to that subject because we were good friends with Brian. Uh, you called that race the, the day that we lost Brian at Belleville. So um, to see the silver crown cars have just a tremendous race there and just what, uh, you know, that place meant to BC, right? Like that was one of his favorite racetracks. Like a lot of people know, like know this, right. But that was like, he literally thought if you won there, you were the greatest midget driver in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people feel that way. And, and um to the young races coming up who i think um i don't know i don't know if they understand the history and and what that place means but um like a zach dom to see him do a lap around the place like he missed i mean he misses racing at that place right like i would too i mean that it's that's an exciting place to watch a race uh but it, it has broken our hearts so um it's just a touchy subject to think about now but um 
at the same time, I was I was good with the crown cards being there. I think they look awesome. I would love to see going back to fair week and, and seeing both the midgets and the crown cars. You were mentioning offline uh, during High Limit Room recording this week about one of your stories uh, from fair week. I have some stories, too. Uh, I, I have only been there once um, in 2013, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my entire life. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, that, like that. Because yeah. of the party, right? Like, mm-hmm. well, first off, I got to announce the Silver Crown cars with Bob Jenkins. So, yeah, that's I mean, awesome. I, but I did that all year. So it wasn't the first time, but that still was really cool. Um, but the party, right? Like going to the fair after the races, like me, Tanner Thorson, and Bell, we were just young kids and just, you know, trying to win goldfish and <laughs> like, you know, uh, stuffed animals. The pie was tremendous. But the, the memory I have the best is, well, there's two, actually. One's about Rizzy, and he's told it on the Rip Defense before. Um, he actually almost got fired. Uh, was that, It was at BCI, right? He almost got fired. Yeah, that was that was when I, that was yeah. one of the first years Maybe I was Maybe I'll there. let yeah. you tell that story. But my story is I slept on a cot in Spridge's uh, hotel. Um, it was like a metal framed, like you had to go ask the hotel for a metal frame. Like, like the, USAC couldn't get me a room, like, or, you know. I, would, I could have found a camper or something, but I had to sleep in Spridge's cot, right, uh, in his room. Um, but the, the the coolest thing that happened was we played beach volleyball, and I got to play with the mayor of Belleville, who at the time, I don't know if she's still the mayor, but it was a woman. Uh, and and she was a good volleyball player, too. And we drank a lot of mint julep <laughs> <laughs> out of Folgers yeah. cans, right? Like, it's almost like a Kentucky Derby vibe. Is how I explained Belleville, right? It, it's well, it's fun. It was fun because you know the the community was really behind it and really into it, and so all the teams would um, would basically camp out at local Belleville residents' houses during the week, and you know work on their cars. The families oftentimes would, you know. You know, they, 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 you know, established relationships with these teams through the year. So it was like every year, you know, each, you know, specific team went to so and so's house because it was just like a reunion and the families would cook dinner for the crew guys and the team. And like it just, it was a really cool community involved event. Um, you know, and then on top of it, the fair too, you know, um, you know, it's going on in the background while there's cars racing. So the, you know, the Ferris wheels all lit up and everything. Like it just is, it was such a cool event. Uh, and the whole week, yeah, was 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 fun. And um, yeah, the Rizzy the Rizzy story. He he thought he would he thought that was the end of his career. Just that that was like his first year, and he thought he was getting fired. Yeah, basically, he woke up late, right? Like he stayed up a little too long the night before, and and showed up late to the track when. Yeah, yeah, he was. He whatever. like took he like took a nap, and then you know slept through his phone. You know, Big Al was calling him, knocking on the hotel door. He didn't answer, so they just left him at the hotel. They had to go. And he wakes up and the hotel, you know, there's like, excuse me, there's like two hotels in Belleville, you know, that everybody stays at. And they're, I don't even know, probably, I mean, a good couple miles away from the racetrack. So Rizzy gets up and realizes he's late and just starts running, you know, run, (laughs) runs to the racetrack, you know, middle, like middle of, you know, middle of August, probably 90 degrees, you know, he's in like his crew pants and crew yeah. shirt just sprints to the racetrack <laughs> that's what i did when i when i had my mint and julep escapade right like i didn't even go back to spridge's hotel like i just i stayed in the armstrong's uh toter caleb yeah. armstrong darton armstrong kevin is it kevin b that was working yeah. at the time mm-hmm. right he was putting the engine in for taylor ferns uh this week 
Um, yeah, Kevin's an awesome dude, but all three of them, we set, literally stayed up till like six in the morning playing World of Outlaws on yeah. uh, on PlayStation. Like those are just the memories. Like even in 2013, right when I was announcing with USAC, I had zero dollars to my name. Right, like I wasn't getting paid anything. I was literally just going hotel, anybody's hotel, anybody's toter I could stay in, just to you know call races and 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 enjoy some of the best racing in the entire world and and live it really fully live and immerse and be immersed in it and i had so much fun some of the best memories i had in one year but um yeah it was an awesome week at belleville let's get into our sun dollar restoration hat shakes of the week brought to you by sun dollar restoration we have a lot to talk about uh this week both for the all-stars and for usac uh, but there's also been some other racing that's going on canon mcintosh uh swept millbridge uh, what, what Who's is surprised? What Nobody. The, the double down showdown. No, I'm not surprised um, that Cannon swept it. However, like last night, I was surprised Taylor Reimer was second. That was a really good run for her. Uh, Chase McDermott had never been to Millbridge, I don't think, and has two podium finishes uh, for the, the two nights, right? So um, there were, were some guys that were uh, exciting. I know Dom, last night I sent you the link. Uh, I think you were sleeping, but um, him and Co- Carson Hosevar got, got into it in the heat race, right? I don't know if Hosevar yeah. turned right or something coming to the line and Dom just had nowhere to go and rode his right rear tire and went flying into the flag stand. That was sketchy looking because I know what that flag stand looks like down there. Yeah. And it's right on the racetrack. Like, like that had to have been, that had to have been pretty dicey down there for some of those folks. Yeah. That, I mean, I'm, they're lucky there wasn't anybody close standing to the, standing on that fence, which I mean, they generally do a pretty good job there of, of keeping everybody back. Um, but yeah, between that and then, did you see the Jesse Love micro crash? Yeah, he like drove up the wall and like drove up the like he about took off, like he about drove like literally drove up the billboard, like you know hit the wall at the right rear and it kind of threw the nose and he just stayed in the gas, tried to drive out of it and it literally insane. just climbed the billboard. Like I thought he was gonna freaking drive right out of the place. That was insane. Yeah, I know those those two races were not on flow, but um. You know, sundollar.net is where you can find Jason and Kim. Uh, they are big supporters of racing. I've just gotten some shots of the 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 new four car uh, at Lane Racing with Chris Wyndham. Uh, Sundollar is on the, the little, uh, you know, side panel or whatever. What do you call that thing? The A-post? Yeah, the A-post. The sale, the sale panel? I think it's an A-post on a sprint car, no? Is that right? I don't know. Like right I here where know. the driver sits? Yeah, I don't know. I always just call it the sale panel. Who knows? Uh but they've started to support Wyndham. Uh, Zeb Wise and the Rudine Racing Team literally might be a top 10 car in the country right now. They're yeah. that good. Like, they have made a 180 turnaround from what they were last year. Uh, there's no question about that. And I knew that it would take a little bit for Zeb to, to get used to the guys he's working with. But they made some crew chief changes and, and crew changes uh, um, from last year. And the 26 is dialed right now. They are 10 points away from the owner's championship right now in the all-stars right so the seven is only 10 points ahead of the 26 ppm ended up picking up some uh you know races for for zeb when he had a concussion after an eldora crash so um you know they support them and they also support d welch which if you want to see d welch flip his ass off and then flip someone off um he was premiered in one of our uh, all access episodes at the chili bowl what two years ago is that right 2021 yeah i think you were in a sun dollar fire suit weren't you no, I was in my old, I was in my retro oh. fire suit. Anyways, they have supported D. Welch's uh, career over the past, but we believe he has been retired. So we'll see if there's any any races that come up that uh, pique his interest. Maybe the BC 39. Uh, the BC 39 is too close, right? 
I got replaced in the micro and then the guy they replaced me with one last night. So I'll never, I'll never run Briscoe's micro ever again. Oh man. Wait, he uh, won last night. Jake Andriotti did. Yeah. He was in Chase's car. So Jake Andriotti is getting yeah. my hat chick. Thank you for bringing yeah. him up. He is a gasser. Yeah. I, he's been good. I don't even really know who he is. And and like, he's just been coming on the scene the past couple of years in the national series, but he's been extremely fast. Yeah. He's been he California kid. Um, you know, and has raced out there for a few years, but yeah, he's, he's kind of come out of nowhere, but has taken advantage of the good opportunities he's gotten. Um, like I think he ran Tom Malloy's car, uh, the dirt stuff at some running. point this yeah, year. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's been pretty good. Yeah. The Malloy car has been, been, been pretty solid with him. I think he had a podium one of the nights with USAC, but anyways, sundollar.net water, fire, mold restoration in the Carmel, uh, Indianapolis area. Uh, Jason literally never stops working. He's kind of like me. So, um, he'll come put a roof on your house, uh, and you know, maybe fix your bathroom. D Welch. Is that what we we were saying? We'll test it out. That's he'll te- sure. he'll get, definitely give her some testers. Uh, Zeb would be the best tester of them all. He'd be like the P one tester. Wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> Sundollar.net. Here's some of the other winners. Brent Marks won at BAPS. Uh, we mentioned cannons cannons win at Millbridge. Uh, Brady Bacon, old big money Brady, uh, <laughs> has already won in three use. Well, no, two USAC national cars this year. Um, he's won some sprint car races. He won the Tony Holman Classic, his first Terre Haute rifle, uh, happening a couple nights ago. Uh, so congratulations to Brady Bacon on that. And then, um, a wild one, dude. I'm telling you, a wild one is an understatement between him and Justin Grant at Belleville to win the Silver Crown Series race. Um, ever since, uh, Kyle McFadden and Brandon Paul did their diverse driver article, top 10, Brady Bacon has won every single race he's been in. So, um, I don't know <laughs> and if they left Brady if off they, the list. I don't, yeah, yeah. They left him off. That's, that's clear. But I don't know if it's pissed them off, pissed them off or I told him at Winchester, he was left off of it. So what do you uh, say? He just laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I told him he was on the list and I gave him some names and he laughed. <laughs> but you know how bright he is. He just, but yeah. yeah. So he's won an outlaw race this year, a silver crown race and a non-wing sprint car race and not bit small races, folks. Like he won a hobstop with an outlaw. He won in a silver crown race that was going to be going down as one of the best silver crown races we've seen ever. And then uh, the Tony Holman classic. It's not easy to win at Terre Haute. So. Um, he's never won a home and he's won at Terre Haute and never won a home. And so I think Brady probably needs to get a little bit of a hat shake. I know BP Brandon Paul thinks I'm obsessed with Brady. And it's like, look, I just think he's a diverse driver. Like, I I mean, you have to give him credit for driving in every single race car that he drives in, even if they are all open wheel cars. Yeah. I still I still feel like Brady somehow is like kind of underrated. Like, you know, he's won four USAC sprint car championships and you know as like you said, you know, runs a lot of different cars. Um, but yeah, he's, he's still somehow is kind of like under the radar. Um, I was going to give my hat shake and Brady is in this group, but, um, to the guys that are pulling like double, triple duty in different cars this week. So there's like USAC sprint cars, there's silver crown cars and, you know, and midgets at, um, IRP. And then there's a little 500, um, which of course is going to be on flow this year, which is awesome. Um, so there's a lot of busy guys. This is, it's always is a fun week and it always has been, you know, even back when, um, you know, it used to be like the Holman was Wednesday, the Hoosier hundred was Thursday. And then you had, 
you know, pavement silver crown cars on Friday, little 500 Saturday. Hi, Blake. And, uh, you know, and then obviously the the big race on Sunday. So I think it's just a fun week. And I love that there's guys that are running everything. You know, like I think CB is another one. I, or forgive me. There's three or four guys that are doing everything. But um, those guys are those guys are the real racers. And uh, I think it's cool that they're all doing that. Yep. Let's bring in Blake on this. Uh, our Sundollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by Sundollar Restoration. Those are uh, D. Welch's. Mine was, uh, what did I say, Jake Andriotti and Brady. I also need to get a hat tip to uh, Jake Swanson for winning his first USAC race in Indiana. Yeah. Uh, he has been really, really good. He was on the podium at Terre Haute. He's, he said he feels like he has a top three car, which is a good time to get a top three car, isn't it, Blake? Very much so. As Dylan was just saying, as busy as this week is in Indiana, there's no better time than now to be a USAC sprint car driver and, and have a fast car with all of the big races in the state of Indiana, especially coming up here the next six weeks. Where are you at? Where are you guys Where are you guys going next? I'm in Atlantic City right now in the, the Hard Rock Casino Hotel. How we much are, money have you lost? How much money? Uh, uh, Uncle Ross won a lot, and... <laughs> My wallet is leaving significantly lighter. <laughs> significantly lighter. No dollar figure on that. You don't no. have a wife or anything, so it doesn't matter. No, I mean, I think I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I made a lot back on the crafts table last night. I think I'm probably down 300, maybe. But I got hot and made up more than half back. 300. That's one bet on Larson. I had up the North. I know. I know. Last but week. I, 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 it was probably it was the figure was a lot higher until I got hot and made more than double back. I know that's roll. good. Yeah, that's good. So we that don't make us. none of us make Tim Truex or Michael Rigsby money. So no, no, no. We can't we can't we're well, uh, making NASCAR money? So <laughs> according to Chaz, it's, I'm making six, six figure, figure six figure Burnett six figure NASCAR money. I probably shouldn't mention him in here. Give him the clicks. Uh, uh, Blake, it's <laughs> it's been an awesome week of racing, right? Uh, yeah, you've probably been watching it. Um, the All-Stars are getting ready to, to come back here. First, let's recap what happened um, the last time the All-Stars were in business, right? Where, where were you guys racing? Was it, was it Atomic? Well, we had – I can't – we got Atomic covered last time, so we had Outlaw Speedway last Friday. Oh, Outlaw Zeb, Speedway. Tell us. Zeb won his first race back, which is pretty exciting. He came back from concussion, missed two weeks, and was super impressive. He was kind of – he and Tyler Tessamaker have just been – kind of the match made in heaven. They found a thing that clicks for him after going through a couple of crew chief and this one clicked and it, he's been fast. He was second and second at Attica start the year. He was in the top five at atomic on May 4th when he blew a tire with a lap remaining. So he'd be in the mix. They're 40 points out of the owner points chase, which is 20 spots on the racetrack or, or if they win and sunshine finishes second, that's 10 spots. So the points chase is, is probably better than it's been in a while right there. But uh, Zeb was impressive. And then the second night, we rained out at Fonda. And then Sunday, we were at Weedsport. And Zeb was second there. And that was exciting. But Corey Eliason stole the show in what was a spectacular race. Took the lead with six to go and got his first win with Crouch Motorsports. And I think just his fifth start, I believe, in the car. So they gelled pretty quick. He and Brad Alexander and Stephen Hammer Riley. I want to talk to and, and we were, we kind of talked about Zeb and before you joined. Join, but um I was really impressed and have been impressed lately with Chris Wyndham. Um, you know, as as a guy who we've seen in the past, obviously run a lot of non-wing stuff um, and and made the transition like a lot of guys to wing stuff this year. But 
they've had a, pr- a pretty good stretch here. And, and not only just on the all-star stuff, the high limit race to it at Wayne County, they were, they were up front. Have you been, uh, have you been in as imp- impressed with them as, as I have, as far as just the runs they've put together here lately? Absolutely. I told Chris a week or two ago that some of the moves he's made recently in a wing sprint car are moves that if we looked even middle of the summer last year, if guys were throwing those kind of sliders at him, he was dropping the anchor and falling back 10 spots. And now he's returning the favor of the next corner, dropping the nose, getting underneath him and throwing a slider right back at him. Chris Wyndham's ascension through wing sprint car racing the last really three to six months, three months of say, let's say racing action. So even back into the last part of last year has been pretty darn impressive. He paired up with Brian Kemenaw and they seem to really be clicking and his bad nights now are right around the top 10 in the back half, the top 10. And he's going to click off a win here, I think in during speed week. And then I think it's going to be game on from there. I think once he gets that is the, you know, the monkey off his back per se and knows he can do it, it'll be, it'll be fun for Chris, but man, his improvement, has been pretty astonishing because there were points last year in the first couple of months of the season, you probably questioned, man, did, did Chris make the right move? And now it's like absolutely made the right move. Yeah. We, I, I, I thought in the off season, it was definitely the right move. Um, one thing that I was a little concerned about was they got that car out super late. They didn't run it in uh, February. Yeah. Um, they didn't run, they didn't even go to Lakeside, right? Like um, with, with when every sprint car was at Lakeside uh, for the first high limit race. But uh, if you think about the conditions and what the racetracks are going to be uh, in Ohio specifically, but uh, what they are about to be this summer, they didn't need to go to Lakeside or Feb or go to or go to uh, Volusia or any of those tracks down there because um, we're about to be see uh, you know dirty slick racetracks all summer long. We saw like at Wayne County uh, for the high limit race, but um, I agree with you. I think that he could win this week. I think I think that he could win at Port Royal, uh, a track that he is very very good at. He was good at in the car that he was in last year. Um, you know, so I, the only toughest part he has winning at Port Royal is the 39 and the 69, right? Like, yeah, he's, he might finish third or he might, you know, uh, but that's a good track for him. Uh, I, I think Ohio Sprint Week is probably a good, a good one because this, because not only does Kim and all have a lot of laps around Ohio, uh, so do the lanes and that's why they were on my draft, te- uh, dr- dirt draft team at Wayne County. But, um, yeah, they've, they've shown a lot of speed, uh, and, and, and so is the 26, you know, you, you mentioned, uh, D Welch, uh, you know, Parker was good in that car when he got in it, kept him right in the uh, owner's points title here. Uh, Blake and, and Zeb looks like he's, you know, got faster after he crashed. Like seriously, like yeah. it's like, it's like riding a bike, getting back in the car. Zeb has a habit of doing that too. We, we talked about it. Zeb and I did just about a week ago. Well, yeah, a week ago after his win. You know, he broke his collarbone, came back and won his first midget race back. And it was his first USAC midget win. Last year, two years ago at BAPS, he had the big fireball crash where it was kind of the crash that broke the internet there for a minute, where it was just a literally fireball at BAPS. He won the following night at Attica. This time he comes back from concussion, wins his first night back. It's just kind of, it's been cool to see it click for Zeb because we we know it's in there. We've seen it, but now I feel like they're hitting on all cylinders. Yeah. And I think, you know, to your point, even about Chris too, it's like, once you, once you are consistently up front and consistently, you know, not only do you have the confidence, you just have an understanding of how to do it. Right. And I think that's, I think that's what we're seeing with Zeb. Like you said, we've all known it's there even back to his, his midget days, but um, it's all about combinations. Right. And I know you, I know you see this too, just being a, a guy that travels to, 
as many races as you do and cover as many series as you do, you got to get all the pieces to work together, right? And it takes time to find that sometimes. But I think for both of these guys we've been talking about, Zebby and Wyndham, they've got the pieces now to show how good of a driver they are, and, and they're showing it. You talk about pieces. I was talking with Kevin Rudine just about that a couple of days ago, and he said, for the first time in a while, I feel like my team is a cohesive unit and they're operating as a team. And I think that truly goes to show how much of a team sport this is. Obviously, the driver has the brunt of the work that the public see. But behind the scenes, you have to have everything on the same page and you've got to be efficient. You know, Dylan and Tyler, you both have been on the road to see a lot of nights. There's not a lot of time to get stuff done. So you almost have to operate as you just know what you're doing and you don't have to ask, hey, do I need to do this? You just go do your job. And that helps so much in being efficient and having everybody on the same page. Uh, we The last time you were on, Blake, we talked about uh, early silly season and sprint car racing. Um, we have now seen where these guys have landed. We were pretty correct on all of them. Uh, Cy Lynch going to the 29 was a really good move for that car. They still are third yeah. in owner points, right? And he had some good runs with you guys. Uh, that car is not slow. Like, no. I, I know that, I know that, um, you know, you know, PPM wanted to go back to his own car and, and they've been really good in his own car and that's fine. But for Cy Lynch to get a ride like that, that's third in points and, and they've been running really good. That's, that's, uh, that's a good move for you guys. I think to have Cy come on there. And I think you're going to see Cy really grow through the season, too, because this is the first time he's ever traveled too much. He's gone to the premier events around the country, the Nationals, the Kings Royal and such, but never has really left that western Pennsylvania, eastern Ohio scene too much. So to get out in the Midwest and turn some laps there, he's got laps at Knoxville, but hasn't traveled quite like we're going to travel. Obviously, he's done some central Pennsylvania stuff, but there's going to be a lot of tracks in our schedule that he's seeing for the first time. And I think you're really going to see some growth out of Cy Lynch and watch him mature as a race car driver this year. And obviously he's got a pretty good ear and dad to lean into and listen to as well. Go ahead, Ty. You have anything? Yeah. No, his dad, obviously the Apollo rocket, Ed Lynch Jr. Uh, who one of, the, one of my favorite cars when I was growing up, uh, you know, would come to Eldora that black and, and, and like a little green and red, I think in it with the, the national sprint car hall of fame. Yeah, yes. for sure. There are some guys that, well, like for instance, like we were talking about Ricky Warren the other day, like why hasn't he gotten, a look yeah. yet just because he's not retired yet right i don't I, you got to be fit i think 50 50 is the number certain age i'm not going to go down that rabbit hole uh, <laughs> i could i could think i could spend a whole show <laughs> venting about yeah some of the processes and yeah i, I you don't want me to go down that rabbit let's hole. Not, but i agree <laughs> let's not do that uh before we go to what we're going to preview uh you know coming up for the all-stars uh, two more things. Donnie shots, right? Dude, he's a million favorite now, right? Like he, like, he's I mean, gosh, it's been so cool to see too, because we, people question and then he barks off back-to-back outlaw wins. I mean, he, he didn't even have a podium until a week or two ago, which is insane. First week of May was his first podium and then beats Attica, beats Sharon, million around the corner. Big outlaw race is coming up. It's it's a good time to be getting hot. You think you got it before the million, you even got a quarter million to win at Houston's. Maybe not quite his cup of tea, but it's Donnie Shots. You it'll never be know. good there. I think it'll be good there. Um, all right, D. Welch, Blake, before we uh, preview what's coming up here, our concession stand review. Have you been thinking about what you want to do? I have mine. Um, my, my, my item... I've been trying to do like stuff that's like close to where I've been. Right. So 
Um, I'll start. I'll start first, and I'll let you guys go. We went to Atomic. Uh, I think I might even talked about this on the show, so maybe I'll, I'll add a second one when you guys are done. But um, before Atomic and before I had been there, I've been there three times now. I've only seen sprint cars there once. I've seen late models twice, right? Um, before I went there, Lincoln Park Speedway had the best popcorn in the oh. entire country, right? Atomic no is now P1. Atomic has the best popcorn I have ever had in my entire life. It is that good. It is golden yellow. Tastes amazing. Hot as shit. Like, as soon as you get that thing, and, and you don't get it from the concession stand item, that's the real key. The lines were ridiculous, right? Like, they were, like, you had to wait in, out in the pit area to get a, a concession stand line up by the grandstand. So, like, but to skip all the food, and if you're hungry, you need something quick, go right there to that little, they have this little carnival stand, right? Like a little, what do they call those things? The trailers or something they bring like at the trailer. fairs? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's where you get the popcorn. No lines. Walk up there and you get the freshest popcorn you ever had, dude. Atomic, I'm telling you right now, the best popcorn in the country. And Dylan, he did text me that night. Basically, I, I mean, that's a that's a butter on my fingers of, and all. Big yeah. change at the top of the leaderboard there. That is that, that is, is a big a that is change. We know how Lincoln. I got to I got to go back and try it. It's I'll go there for yeah, Putnamville Putnamville's is world renowned. I think it is. In a Georgia's huge Georgia's done it. Georgia always always talks about how good it is. She's always she's always putting it. Tell out Georgia there that Atomic is better now. But I'll 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 try Lincoln Parks when we get there for uh, Midget Week and for Sprint Week. I'll give you a a track that we went to and track that we're coming up so people that are watching can nice can so one that we went to the chicken nuggets at outlaw speedway phenomenal in new york we'll be back there in august that's the hot tip and then at williams grove speedway the infield pizza stand pizza bill probably some of my favorite pizza we have on the road all year the pieces are huge it's amazing pizza it usually gives us a pie in the in the trailer but <laughs> pizza bill's pizza is pretty dang solid Damn, bro. That's right. really good. Yeah, I've never been to the Grove. Well, it isn't, our, it isn't one of our tracks, so. We're only there to, on Friday, so. Yeah. It's our only visit of the year. I need to go. Uh, Dylan, what's your what's yours? I don't know. I haven't been the only two or three dirt tracks I've been to this year. I haven't had time to go, like, try the concession stand food, so I don't know. Are you busy? Well, I yeah, and I just don't have any time <laughs> to get out of the booth once I get I there. I completely get that. Yeah. But so I, I think we talked about this last time. Didn't you guys say the burger at Wayne County is very good? Yep. Oh, they're, yeah. They're grilled. They're, you know, fresh grilled and everything. So I, I that was on my radar and I, I didn't get a chance to go over there and try it. But um, I'm trying to think of where I where I would Wayne go. County has good food. Yeah. They I'm do. trying to think. So where we go to Granite City next week with High Limit. I've been there for. Yeah. I don't even know what they, I don't think I don't I've ever been there. Have. <clears throat> yeah. You would have been there for midgets, Tyler, wouldn't you? No, been? I think Gold Crown got rained out when I was there. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have, I think they tried to have the hundred there one so, time and they got I'll ranked out too. One. When you're when you're at Eagle in Nebraska, I don't know. You, you'll probably fly out on race day though. But Runza is what Nebraska's famous for. It's overrated, but I mean, yeah, you guys. It's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. What? Yeah, it's a fast food restaurant. But oh, you know okay. my you know my thoughts on the state of Nebraska, so I, I, <laughs> I won't go down that rabbit hole either. What do they what do they serve? Is it like burgers or just like it's what? like a loose meat inside a little hot pocket. They're they're not bad, but they do different things. They'll put like Swiss cheese and the, it, all sorts yeah. of different things. And 
during the winter is the spot to go because when you buy a drink, if it's like six degrees out at 6 a.m., then runs those are six cents as long as you buy a drink. Wow. They're it's like a hot couple. pocket uh, sloppy joe. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're not bad. They're, I mean, Chris Krug will tell you they're better than a made right in Iowa, and I'll die on the hill that are not but Krug's... i'll i'll have to i'll have to try that we, we yeah. land at like one i think or something okay. on on race yeah, they're, they're all over in omaha and lincoln okay well, and you the best... escape that nebraska football plays in too but <laughs> one of the best midwest items you can get is at angel park speedway when they dump the cock corn on the ground oh yeah oh, oh yeah you pick yeah. that you pick that bitch up and put put it right corn in fest oil, baby dude. corn fest that's roll it through the butter the uh Oh, so good. I like to go into I like to go into Angel Park because in downtown Sun Prairie they had that little diner there. I don't know if you ever ate That's there. That's good. Blake, but I have that place. Yep. That is place it, is good. Did it survive the? I don't know if it survived. Oh yeah, I don't. Explosion. I don't know that it did or not. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say we were my, there like a week after that explosion happened. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good I'll question. My, I, I haven't I'll been there my, since uh, I worked for USAC. Yeah, I haven't been. A, yeah, that's a long time ago, right? We're old. Uh, we are. <laughs> I'll save my Fremont food review for when we go there for Sprint Week. Oh, we got to okay. talk about Sprint Week, right? Uh, well, we'll be on before then, won't we? No, I don't think okay. so. So we we need to we need to do a little bit of a preview here, real quick. So I'll just do it now. Then we'll we'll uh, work into that. Uh, all right, we'll preview that and we'll preview what races you got up, and then we'll get you out here, Blake. Um, the Walking Taco at Fremont is my P one. Yep. Uh, it is well. Okay, so I have a. That's the thing. Like I have a top three walking taco, uh, you know, list for, for uh, concession stand items. I think I might've talked about this last week. Millbridge is in my top three. Uh, Waynesfield used to be my number one, right? Because they use the sloppy Joe meat, which is a nice little twist, right? You add some jalapenos in there, get a little sweet and savory, right? Get a little, get a little sweet and savory action in there. But Fremont is, has moved to my number one walking taco, Millbridge two, Waynesfield is still three if they still have it. Um, anyways, Ohio Sprint Week, busy ass week. I personally working it. Um, I I don't know if I'm gonna do the whole thing because I just can't. Like it's just it's too much, right? The like I like Dylan said, he's not gonna get on the Belleville High Banks and a midget because he doesn't have a hair on his ass, uh, and I don't have a hair on my ass. That's not exactly what I said, but the point is there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a hair on my ass to do the entire week because I wouldn't be able to survive. Uh, it's a grueling week. Give us the schedule. What's going on, Blake? Uh, past champions, Peck and Courtney, right? Yep. Yep. What do we got? So, schedule. Okay. Good thing I got Ross Paulson here. Open it. Open at Attica. Six grand. Ten grand at Fremont Saturday. Sunday, Wayne County for six for ten on night one. I think 10 night one, six night two on Monday. Tuesday, we're sharing for six grand. Wednesday, we're off, but that's a rain date. So, you know, the year we get a rain date is the year we're going to use it. Out. God, Don't God forbid I have we get something to do on off. Wednesday that I need to do. Do not rain out Wednesday, please. Okay. Well, that, hey, I or don't want to rain out either because it's nice to have a day off. Uh, Thursday, we are at Atomic. Friday, 12 grand to win at Eldora. And then Saturday, the Speed Week finale at Portsmouth, the Dean Niddle Memorial that Jeff Niddle absolutely works his tail off. It's $22,054 to win. I think it's 22 this year. Might be 23. I was, look, he races it every year. It's incredible. The purse is over 70 grand this year. And then he has money all over the purse for everything. Heat winners, quick time, seventh on this lap. Yeah, longest toe. 
he's got money everywhere. I, I would say probably close to eighty to ninety thousand dollars up for grabs between all the money that he puts up. It's pretty incredible. Good way to end Speed Week, and then I'll head to Skagit for Dirt Cup two days after Speed Week's over. I'll head to Skagit for Dirt Cup on Monday. Yep, and jealous that's big too. What well, what's the beginning? What's the beginning date? Sorry, D Watch. What's the beginning date and what's the ending date again? And then D Watch. The beginning end. date would be the ninth. The ninth of June. The end date will be the seventeenth of June. And then, of course, with Eldora, that's the last chance before the million, right? We're not going to yeah, see. It is. Ever, we're not going to see everybody. You know, of course, um, you know some of the big names not going to be there, but a great opportunity for your guys to get one last tune up. I know there are there are several cars from Central Pennsylvania planning to make the tow to Eldora for Speed Week to get some extra laps. You know, it's it's a little bit of an outlier. These new tires, guys want laps at Eldora with the new tire. I think in years past, maybe you wouldn't have seen so many guys make the tow, but now they want to see what that place does with the new tire. So, yeah, I, I could see the highest Speed Week Eldora count in quite a while. Usually that's the low mark, but I there's potential it could be the high water mark i agree i 100 agree with that because brett marks came and won portsmouth last year he's going to come over and race portsmouth again that purse is too high i think, uh, I think Lance Weiss is coming over for speed week Mac Mac coming over dietrich's yep. running i think the whole week yep yep i heard dietrich telling the guy at atomic that he's just going to stay at eldora because <laughs> because you have to drive from atomic to yeah. eldora then back to Portsmouth. Which, now, which sounds like a lot, but it's only it's less two, than two, two hours. And a, two hours, if it's that. Like driving hours. back, right? It's it's not terrible. Like if you're thinking about like, and it, and it worked out. We got more money to run at Eldora. That's kind of why it happened that way. We kind of originally thought we do the road two down there, but then Eldora paid twelve grand to win, so that's good money. Yeah, I I think I hope, and 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 this is a discussion that I did not like heading into Eldora. Right, a lot of the local guys. Um, went and ran a local race instead of going running with the outlaws at Eldora, right? Like, yeah. I hope some of the locals come and run because if you want to race for a million dollars, you have to come and get laps at this place, right? Like, you have to. I think you'll see quite a few of the locals show up. I mean, I think they feel our format probably a little bit more favorable to them. They got a chance. Yeah, yeah. for so. sure. So I'm, I'm excited for the week. I will be hitting the back end of uh, Sprint Week. Um, the reason why I'm not doing the whole thing, it's not because I'm lazy. I'm doing Midget Week too. So um, give me a give me a break here, Blake. No breaks cut. But no. uh, All right, what's no, coming up next either. for the All-Stars before we get you out of here? What's the next couple of races here this week? This, this weekend we got 10 grand to win Thursday night. Bridgeport, 10 grand Friday night at Williams Grove for the Doug S. Tribute Race. He'll be there. They've got a pre-race show with him. He's going to throw the green flag, all that fun stuff. Good to be, have former National Open champion, the Hammer, Doug Ash. And then Friday and Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday, probably one of our bigger events of the season, the Bob Weikert Memorial, 10 grand to win on Saturday, 29 grand to win on Sunday. And arguably the coolest trophy in all of sprint car racing with the bull's head. That's pretty cool. The Weikerts will be there. They're a great family. We got They've got free race shows planned all weekend, all sorts of great stuff to do around the grounds at Port Royal Speedway. The church stand will not be open, unfortunately, but Tusky 50, we'll get you your church stand heavy lunch. But it's going to be a great weekend. I love going to Port Royal. The Weikert's awesome, and the racing is phenomenal there. We'll have great car counts all weekend. I'm not going to Port uh, this weekend. I'll be in my garage watching it, uh, drinking beer. But um, I will be at the Port Royal to get my uh, my church stand, obviously, the beef um, preferred, uh, of course. We'll share Tusky 50 stories in September, Dylan. 
Yeah, I will say that blue of them. I will say that uh, Blake, we were telling some Belleville stories, um, just about how fun that place is, and you've been there a few times. Um, you know, the Tusky Fifty and and Port Royal gives me Belleville vibes. That's why I love that race so much, right? Like Belleville Dairy Queen, and and Port Royal right. has the, the similar feels, and and I love Port Royal. It's literally it's a top three racetrack in the world for me. Um, just, yeah. I love going to there so much. Like, and I cannot wait to watch the racing this week. Hopefully the 39, the 69 slow down a bit. So the four car can maybe, you know, well, that's just the four car with well, any of the all-stars, right? Let's beat these boys, baby. <laughs> we can beat them. We can beat them. We're going to beat them. Right now we got the best shot, right? With, uh, with, um, <laughs> with 26 and the four running the way they are, the seven. And, uh, I mean, these guys can take them down. I think yeah, we can take them down. I'm calling my shot. We're going to beat him this weekend. I just called my shot. I said, Wyndham's going to win one of these poor roller races. I know. That's <laughs> that's a little out there, isn't it? Logan, we got Lou Wagner and Macri and, and Marks and all, all these guys. I mean, it's just going to be tough. But here, it'll be, it's going to, this is going to be amazing fields all week long for you guys. Yep. So uh, enjoy it all, Blake. Thanks for coming on the show. Get your concession right. stand items and uh, make sure you bring it back to review for us later. All right. We'll catch you guys in a few weeks. USAC has had a tremendous couple weeks here, um, and this is obviously the busiest time, so we thank you for coming on the show today. Um, Circle City last night, Brady Bacon wins again. Uh, or no, Brady Bacon did not win. He won a Tony Holman Classic at Terre Haute. Last night, Jake Swanson got his first win in Indiana. That was a huge one for Swanson and the Arizona racing team, right? I mean, they, they've been looking for that first Indiana win for a while. Yeah, I, I've kind of stumbled upon that one. It was pretty interesting because you got a California driver and an Arizona team. Their first win together was with USAC, was in California. Their second one was in Arizona last year. And together, that team, uh, when after COVID hit, you know, they couldn't really race in California that much. They came out to Indiana in the summer of 2020 and uh, raced a bunch. And kind of made the decision that winter, we're going to load up and move to the Midwest, move to Indiana and go racing full time and live there. And that's so this is their adopted home now is Indiana. And they finally got their Indiana win. So I found that kind of interesting, all the little connections uh, of the states. So, yeah. yeah, they've got it done and they've been really strong lately. Jake's been on the podium the last three starts with USAC out at uh, Eldora. He was second and third at Terre Haute, and then the winner last night at Circle City. So he's one of the hot ones on the roll right now. Mm-hmm. 
the Dirt series is really popular right now, and Justin Grant has been featured in these first two episodes. Right, I don't know how you probably haven't had time to watch it yet because you're so busy. But Jake is one of those guys that's kind of like Grant, where he um, works on his own stuff quite a bit. He he builds his own shocks, right? That's that's why he moved to Indiana to have his own shock, uh, you know, company. I'm not sure how much he has to work on the cars now, just because the team's getting a lot, you know, bigger and and has more hands, but. Um, he's one of the guys that, uh, you know, we like to call him Richie true racers, right? Oh, most definitely. And yeah, he was one of the guys, he was just starting to kind of get going out West. Uh, he was a, you know, CRA front runner for quite a while. He's a West coast sprint car champion out there with USAC. And it, he's always been kind of strong when we went out there. And I remember a quote he told me, cause he used to come back, uh, to Indiana sprint week. Uh, you know, every two or three years or so when he was driving the uh, Moose Mobile, the number 92 for the Tom and Lori Surditch team. And I remember him telling me that, you know, going out there in California and, you know, running Indiana against these guys, it's a little bit different. And he wanted to come out to Indiana Sprint Week to change himself from, you know, a third place driver, second, third place driver and turn himself into a first place driver out there. So yeah. those are the kind of experiences because it takes a lot of money and a lot of effort to go cross country like that and come all the way out here and run Sprint Week from California. But he was determined to become a top level racer on the national scene. And, you know, it's he's slowly but surely he's getting there. And I think he's been strong all year and he's going to be a contender for the championship. I know it's still early, but in it. What kind of better start can you imagine? Uh, I mean, if, especially of late, how how good they've been. Yeah. Uh, three, two, one in their last three starts. And, you know, the future looks bright this summer and we'll see what they can do. Yeah. You guys have had some tremendous champions, uh, you know, uh, champions with grace, you know, that carry themselves well. And I think Jake Swanson would do that. It'd be awesome if he won the championship. So um, another champion. Uh, Brady Bacon, uh, one at the Belleville Mile and the Tony Holman Classic, two of the most historic racetracks you could ever win on in the same week. You think you think he is like riding a high right now? Because that's, I mean, to conquer a half mile with the non-wing sprint car and whatever race that was. I mean, I, I mean, it was a silver crown race, but we can we call it a silver crown race because it didn't look like a silver crown race. Uh, and, and went on that historic of a racetrack. I mean. I'd retire, I think, if I wanted both of those places in one week. Well, why, re why retire when you can keep on going and keep on doing it? That's right. <laughs> he's, he's on, I mean, he's, obviously, he's Brady Bacon. What more needs to be said? He, uh, that Silver Crown race was, I, I don't know if there's words for it. I somehow put words to it on paper when I wrote a story, but it took a while to accurately describe what we saw. And it was one of those in the, in the press box, just watching it. I think I watched the whole race with my hands like this. Yeah. You just, said before on last the last show, right? You said you can't you can't stop yeah. your eyes off on it because it's just right. insane. Right. It it's just crazy watching it being that close and yeah, gosh. That everything is a slide job. And just seeing like the the move Justin Grant made at the end of the race. I mean, that slide job literally started on the back straightaway. <laughs> and very nearly pulled it off. And there was, I mean, those guys aren't going to give an inch. And those are two of the best in the sport, two of the all-time greats right there. And uh, I heard somebody kind of describe it, uh, how this ended. It was 
is a pretty good app description because I I watched the old CRA year in reviews from the early '90s. I had these on tapes, and they uh, at Eldora when Jack Hewitt and Leland McSpadden were battling for the win at the end of the race, and I mean that ended a little bit worse for both in that one. But it was kind of the that's kind of like a Jack Hewitt and Leland McSpadden of today. Those yeah. types of guys um, going at it and refusing to give an inch and. I mean, it, it's and you see, obviously, Justin took the worst of it, and somehow Brady kept going. Like, it's hard to get a Silver Crown car wheels up in the air like that. That's not usually normal, but he somehow came down, didn't damage anything, and kept on and got a historic win. It's one of those races that you know we'll be talking about for a long time. And and then he turned around and did a race again at Terre Haute, and that was a monumental win getting. Uh, moving to third all-time past Tracy Hines on the USAC sprint win list. And also him and his Hoffman team, they tied as the most winningest USAC sprint car combo of all time with uh, Pancho Carter and Steve Stapp got 40. And now Brady Bacon and the Hoffman team are at 40. So we're watching some pretty exciting numbers right now being put up by all these guys. And we're watching right in front of our eyes the record, the record book being rewritten. You must have a different stat because you, you shared your exciting one already that Bacon is now – Bacon and Hoffman duo are tied for uh, the most sprint car wins uh, in history. Bacon's, what, four away from 50? Well, well no, he's at 48 total wins. Oh, so and so four, four more would put him at uh, 52 with Tom Bigelow and then 14 away from Dave Darlin. But you think, you know, at this clip – yeah, obviously you can never predict the future, but – you know, Brady Bacon, it's kind of kind of clicking off about six a year. So you're kind of judging when he could do it and, yeah. and track down the record. But he's well on his way. And, but, yeah. You know, he's got a lot of tough competition. and But yeah. he's the best of the best to, in this group. So see what he can do and how long it'll take and if he can do it. He's in his prime, that's for sure. He's still got a lot more years to go. And then Richie and I have been – uh, trying to uh, gather up the moments of Brady Bacon's career for when he hits not only the 50 mark, which is in two races, but uh, we might just wait two more races for when he uh, uh, gets to that second mark, right? Um, so obviously, you guys have a big week of racing coming up, and this is a big week for the state of Indianapolis or state of Indy, Indiana, and the the city of Indianapolis, right? Um, our our co-host has already uh, flown out um, to to cover the Indy 500. Um, you guys have tremendous races, though, too. This week, the Hoosier 100 comes back. I did a little piece on that, and thank you for putting it on your socials. Um, well, my little essay towards uh, me being just – I'm not mad at anyone, right? I mean, it's not anyone's fault, especially in racing, um, about what's happened to the Hoosier 100. Um, but um, I think it's cool that it's going to Casey Kohler's track, and I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun over that. I think uh, it could build its own little history, right, Like kind of like Turkey Night had. Uh, and, and could be, you know, live on to be, you know, awesome. And then I just texted Casey Cole last night, and I wanted to make sure to mention this before you you uh, talk about this, Richie. Um, I guess he told Matt Weaver this and a couple other reporters. It's like if if there was a mile track built in Indianapolis or in Indiana, Indiana, right? Like if there was a mile track, dirt track, that wanted to be built in Indiana, we would, you know, the Hoosier Hunter would go back there, right? But – but right now it has nowhere to go and this is the place to go, right? Yeah, this this is the reality of the situation. It either dies and goes away or we can keep it going in any form or fashion we can. 
And, you know, obviously Hoosier 100 has been around a long time. It's a staple of the Indiana State Fairgrounds, but, I mean, we literally can't go back there. <laughs> I mean, you never know in the future if they change their mind or do whatever. I mean, it would be nice, but can't hold on to those things. So time marches on and history moves on as well. And, uh, and as you had in that piece with uh, Cody, who's a four-time Hoosier 100 winner, talking to Dick Jordan, who basically covered him, had been to every Hoosier 100. He, he, Dick Jordan wanted it to go on. And he died 2019 when we thought the Hoosier 100 was the dying at that point. But it, we got one more in 2020 with Kyle Larson winning, and you know thought it was put to bed. But you know we it's going to come back, and you know there's lots of history to these types of things. So like Turkey Night has bounced around for several years. You know it was it's at it was at Ascot Park for a long time until 1990 it closed. But I think it's I have to look this up to make sure, but I think it's been held at more years at other tracks other than Ascot now than it actually was held at Ascot. And Turkey Night has been, since it moved to Ventura, it's become, I mean, it was big at Ir Irwindale and it kind of bounced around Bakersfield and a number of other places, but, uh, but just keeping that event alive and it made it to the, this point it's a, uh, we run it at Ventura and pack the place for it and get, 60 plus midgets last several years and about 40, 50 sprint cars. And now it's a mega event. You, you know, it, it could be an IRP forever. And we, but we still have the Hoosier 100. It still has a heartbeat. And it's cool to talk about this history, even though it's different. It's different. The Tony Holman Classic was held at IRP for several years before it went to Terre Haute. It's just the way it is. <laughs> and we all wish that what happened at the Indiana State Fairgrounds had never happened. Obviously, we'd love to be there, but this is the reality of the situation. And we've seen several great races at IRP, and it has a great history upon itself. I mean, it's been around since 1961 and has held basically more Silver Crown races than any other track. So if there's a place that can have it that has the type of history that could compare to the Indiana State Fairgrounds, it's IRP. Even though it's pavement, I know. Pavement and dirt is what makes this series great. The versatility that it takes to win on both. And that's what and these guys are great. There we have 35 drivers going after it. Winning a, win a Hoosier 100, it still means a ton. And it will mean a ton to anybody who uh, has a chance to win it. It'll mean a ton to whoever gets it done this Friday night. Yep. It's during Card Night Classic, right? What is the rest of your schedule this week before uh, we hit on a few more things? So, yeah, we head off to uh, Circle City Raceway here in a few minutes <laughs> for the USAC Sprint Cars uh, tonight on Thursday. And then uh, it's Friday at the Hoosier 100 Carbon Night Classic out at IRP with the Silver Crown Series from USAC. And then there's also Midgets and the uh, USF 2000 US Pro Series. So there's quadruple header, which is pretty rare <laughs> of all open wheel yeah. cars. And uh, it's it's a true smorgasbord of events. And then uh, I get to race fan it for a couple of days. I'll be going the little 500 and Indy 500. Then it's uh, back to work. And then then we really kick off things <laughs> going into June with Knoxville, a couple nights for the Corn Belt Clash and 
June 2nd and 3rd, then straight into, Indi- into uh, Indiana Midget Week. So it's a lot coming up and a lot to see, and you should go out and check it out. The USAC National Midget Series also raced. Um, I know after one of the nights, Jade had some tremendous runs. She was actually the, the point leader in the USAC National Midget Series for the first time um, for 24 hours, of course. But I know it was the first time a woman had led uh, the standings. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, no, no woman had ever been at the top of the standings. And, you know, that we have a bunch of great uh, female drivers in the USAC National Midgets at the moment and they're making their own history because uh yeah we got jade that she finished second the other night and which at, at belleville on the second night which tied the best finish ever by a woman and that was kaylee bryson last year at gas city so there's i mean the whole the whole record book is being re- rewritten by women now and you know, we still have not seen a feature winner on the USAC National Series by woman, but we're just edging closer and closer to that every year. And, you know, thought it might happen last year with a bunch of opportunities, but, you know, this probably is the year you would think. Yeah. There's yeah. so many, there's so many opportunities and she's running well. Yeah. And, and the other. So we'll see what happens. It'll be exciting to see and, and make some history. It could be this year. Uh, Taylor Reimer just finished second at Millbridge to Cannon. Uh, and they've all won national midget races already, though, with the Extreme Series. Uh, so, um, you know, getting that elusive USAC national midget win for a, a woman, it, it's it's got to be not, not just months probably, but, uh, well, it could be months or it could be years, but it's going to be, um, you know, single digits for both of them, I believe. Uh, Jade Avedisian currently is 182 points. She's third in national midget point standings. Uh, uh, Rhymer's down the list. I saw that Kaylee Bryson's eighth in silver crown points. Um, she had never been to Belva before. <laughs> uh, you know, I think the pavement, she might have a little, like, she might be all right on pavement, right? She's made some late model starts, and I think that she she could do all right for those guys on the pavement because, the, the you know, those guys have good cars on the, the pavement. I mean, yeah, absolutely. She has great equipment. Uh, Aaron Pierce and Sam Pierce have been stalwarts of the series for a long time and put a really good car together. And, you know, she was really good at Belleville. That's a hard place to run, as we've seen. And going out your first time and finishing eighth, pretty solid performance. And, uh, you know, this is obviously her first full-time year. She got four starts in at the end of last year and really, really impressive at Springfield. Nearly won it. So, I don't know. You got, she's got a lot of dirt experience and, you know, she's road racing a bunch of stuff too this year. So <laughs> she's got all kinds of wheel and experience and uh, yeah, she's, she can do it all. She's going to be solid and it'll be exciting to see her on one of the miles again. Cause the last time we saw was incredible. And it was one of the most hair raising experiences I've ever seen at a, a USAC silver crown race. Cause when you can hear the crowd over the cars and, it gets loud under the under the the roof there at the covered grandstands. But if you can hear the crowd over that, you're truly doing something. And <laughs> what she did was really special. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, the first three winners for the midget series: Ryan Timms, uh, their first night out, they won. Um, Zach Dom, that was a big win for those guys, and I think it was Taylor Courtney. Uh, I was the crew chief on that car. That was their first win together, I think, and also the first USAC win. 
Uh, and then Jacob Denny won at uh, Sweet Springs. That was a really cool race. Um, the Midgets, you mentioned they're heading to uh, Midget Week. June 4th is when it starts. So Tri-State Speedway, Circle City Raceway, the 5th. The 7th is Gas City I-69 Speedway. The 8th is Lincoln Park Speedway. 9th Bloomington, 10th Lawrenceburg Speedway. Then Kokomo Speedway to end it all. Um, you've been to a lot of Midget Weeks. Uh, if you if you come out uh, as a champion in that series, you'll likely have a good shot to win a, a championship, don't you think? Right. Exactly right. Because we've seen it last couple of years with Buddy Kofoid. You know, obviously he's been strong all year, but – just getting through midget week. I mean, that's a slug fest for a full week. And that's if you can make it through that, you can pretty much make it through anything. So if you get out of there, you think of uh, you know, the schedule of races, uh, how a week full of races nonstop. It's almost a quarter of the schedule just within one week. So it's huge for points. And if you get a couple bad nights and it starts snow snowballing. It could really put you behind the eight ball, and but if you really get it going and get some good runs going, you're you find yourself up in the points and feel good about yourself that you made it through because there's not really any more rigorous time to uh, to run a midget except than it is during midget week because it's mm-hmm. gonna be hot. It's day after day, little sleep, and um, that's just me. I'm talking about, <laughs> let alone the teams. So. They yeah, if they can make it through that, they'll be fine. And then we've seen several guys and come out of there uh, looking good and, and continue that on through the rest of the year and winning a championship. So it's yeah. big, it's huge, and it means a lot. It's a harbinger of things to come many times. Floyd, Larson, Bell, who are some of the other bigger names that have won Midget Week? Oh well, you go back to the beginning. It was Shane Cottle who won the first couple. You know, Jerry Coons, Brian Clawson, you name it. Brad Coon won it. It's basically the run – you just run down the list of the USAC Midget Champions. <laughs> yeah. You'll, uh, you'll find <laughs> those guys also won Indiana Midget Week. So, yep. Yep. So, if you want to if you want to win a midget title, you gotta you got to have some, some success this upcoming week, right? Absolutely. Uh, Jacob Denny, that, that would be – I mean, leading the points right now, that's an impressive story. I, you know, kid from Ohio, obviously the Buckeyes, we got to – we got to support uh, for that, but, you know, for that team. And then, uh, you know, Prosley second, Jade Abedisian third, Bryant Wiedemann fourth, and Thomas Meserol in fifth, where it's May 25th uh, right now, and that's the point standings after the first three races. Um, so, obviously, midgets are, are going to be fun. And and, to, and for me, as a, as a local race fan, right, Indiana locally, you don't get a better ticket than midget week because you get to see non-wing sprint cars every single night, too. Right? Yeah, I mean, what's better than double headers every night, midget and sprint cars? So it's the best ticket you can get in Indiana all year, I think, all week, right? Like you get to see, you can see non-wing sprint cars, which all a lot of the national guys, like maybe Dayson or or actually Timaz, Grant, you know, CV, they might have, find rides. Like a lot of these guys who run midgets try to run double duty. Yeah, and it's fun seeing that. Uh, you know, you don't get too many opportunities to see double headers these days. I mean, they used to be more commonplace back in the day, but, uh, you know, outside of Belleville, like we had uh, last week with Silver Crown and Midgets and Eldora, and probably slipping my mind right now <laughs> what another one is, but there's not very many opportunities. You literally get it day after day after day. And there, those these are not USAC sprint car shows. A lot of them have a field full of USAC guys. So 
Mm -hmm. I mean, it's basically like a USAC field in a lot of ways. So you'll see stacked fields in both and, and a lot of drivers jumping back and forth and, <laughs> and trying to get, get it done. So it's, it's busy alone, let alone uh, doing one series all week, but jumping back and forth between both and doing them all week. That's pretty fun and pretty grueling and, and pretty exciting for us to watch. Yep. We're both busy, so we better stop chatting on here. And, and we got to probably make, maybe move this thing to weekly because we don't have enough you know, room to talk. Um, but before we get you out of here, what's your what's your stat of the the bye week here? What's what do you what did you brought to the table? You already gave away the Hoffman Brady thing. Oh. oh shoot! Yeah, I probably gave away my best material, didn't I? Oh man! <laughs> you could come up with something, right? Oh man, what did I just write? Oh, here we go. Maybe so stat or something. I got one. So Friday Friday night, we run a 146 lap race which is kind of a rarity. So USAC Silver Crown has run 400 and some races for the past 53 years. Only 11 of them have been 100 miles or more. And uh, looking at it, we haven't run a, a race longer than that length since uh, 2011. And that was out at uh, Toledo. And it was won by Cody. Cody Swanson, of course. But the, the uh, last three have run by have been 150 lappers and there and those last three winners are all going to be in friday's field tanner swanson led he beat cody to the line it was actually the first swanson brothers win tanner won it at berlin back in 2010 and then jerry Coons jr won at toledo in 2011 150 lapper and cody got the one at toledo in 2011. but the uh, longest silver crown races of all time is actually the first pavement race ever held in Silver Crown Series history back in 1975, 200 laps. Holy cow. It was one by, one by Tom Bigelow. <laughs> so, Where was that at? Minnesota State Fairgrounds, which, long gone. <laughs> <laughs> 200 laps in a Silver Crown car. That's intense. Yep. All right, Richie. Thanks for coming on. Have fun at Circle City. I love that racetrack. It's starting to grow as one of my one of my favorites in Indiana, for sure. They put on some awesome racing. It was an awesome race last night. And... Uh, we're going to have another good one tonight, and then we'll uh, go watch the Hoosier 100 and then see who wins the Indy 500. I'm hoping that Santino Ferrucci wins it. That's my that's my goal. I want Floyd to win it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good to see a, a, a midget driver win the Indy 500 again. It's Santino <laughs> Ferrucci. <laughs> drive for a USAC <laughs> champion. It's all he's USAC champions. He's, he's hanging up in the uh, flag stand every time he races, though. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, and he got he got to run with us a few times out in California for uh, Dave Mac Motorsports. So he's yep, we'll claim him. We'll That'd be claim cool him if you want. But at the same time, I'm also rooting for McLaren too because they're giving Larson a shot. So uh, any indie team that will give uh, a dirt racer a shot, um, we're rooting for, right? Absolutely, Dude. full on full on board with that. And Ed Carpenter's always a good one, and see if he can finally get it done. And yep have a good safe race and always enjoyable it's the greatest spectacle in racing for a reason it's the greatest week of racing richie thanks for coming on the show appreciate it all right thanks buddy see you later <laughs>